Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. gentlemen i am sam bushman this is indeed the one and only liberty roundtable live ladies and gentlemen this is the broadcast for february the 22nd in the year of our lord 2024 hour one of two ladies and gentlemen there has been so many people celebrities and more that have been suffering dying and ill for very strange reasons the latest foreigner founder mick Jones revealed in a social media post on Instagram that he has secretly been battling Parkinson's disease and uh, the rock star has been notably absent from the quote band's farewell tour uh, and then hasn't been really on the stage or seen at the company or the band's concerts since 2022. Now we know why. This is according to Billboard Mag, ladies and gentlemen. Foreigner, one of the most iconic bands of the 1970s, started in 1976. A British rock band, uh, I'm just telling you right now, incredible Mick Jones. Our prayers are with him and his family. What a difficult thing to wrestle with. I've got a dear friend, a personal friend with Parkinson's, uh, actually a couple of them. And it's, it's one of them has very fast acting, a special form of Parkinson's. It's absolutely brutal. And what it does to the body, to the mind. Uh, oh, my heavens. Anyway, our prayers are with Mick Jones and crew. But you're listening to the golden voice of Lou Graham, ladies and gentlemen, one of the best rock singers ever to hit the stage. I'm telling you right now, just tremendous, tremendous stuff. Just songs like Urgent, Cold as Ice, I Want to Know What Love Is, I'm Waiting for a Girl Like You, uh, Urgent, what is it, Jukebox Hero. I mean, the, the, the hits just keep coming from that band. The coolest part of the whole thing is this. They got a bunch of unreleased music that they're about to roll out uh, sometime in the near future. So we're going to keep an eye on that. One of the things that Foreigner's done that's kind of interesting as well is, you know, they were known for their hard rock sound. If if you listen to uh, Dirty White Boy or some of those other tunes, um, it's pretty hard rock, right? And then some of their songs are absolute love ballads that are just tremendous. Uh, But what they've done, interestingly enough, different from many other bands uh, a lot of other bands just keep playing in their sounds pretty similar, or they partner with some other new uh, celebrity or something like that to change the sound to be more of the style of the new celebrity that joins them. Uh, Dolly Parton's done a lot of that. But um, Foreigner has added keyboards and <coughs> orchestral, orchestral, yeah, orchestral uh, type instruments to their music. And so there's all kinds of different versions 
uh, of their songs that are incredible. So you can get the Cold as Ice like that that we just played. That's the official uh, video format kind of a thing, the original song. But, man, they, they do a lot of their songs <clears throat> with different instrumentation. And it really, really changes the feel. A couple of years ago, several years ago, I should say now, I got either for my birthday or Christmas or Father's Day, one of the incredible days, I got a Forder album that was a remix of a lot of their traditional music, uh, but with all kinds of <clears throat> orchestral instruments and uh, acoustic kind of sounds. And I'm just telling you, very, very cool evolution uh, for the band. So our prayers go out to them. Don't mean to keep talking about it forever, but wow. Uh, that's a, an iconic suffering that we all ought to know about and be aware of. Thought I'd bring that to your attention. I got a bunch of other sad news today. If you go to Down Detector, uh, it's basically showing Americans are reporting, quote, nationwide cellular outages from AT&T, Cricket, Wireless, and other providers. A number of Americans are dealing with cell phone outages uh, AT&T, Cricket Wireless, Verizon, T-Mobile, and many other services providers, according to downdetector.com. I got the uh, article from KSL. That's the group that deserves the credit on that one. Uh, it's just a tragic kind of situation, folks. I don't know how to respond to this. It's down everywhere. Now, I've made a few phone calls and stuff like that um, to see who's down and who's not. Our dear buddy James Edwards is down. He emailed me and said, hey, man, my phone lines are down. Did you see this outage? And I saw it from down detector because I keep an eye on such things because I'm in IT, right? Uh, anyway, but then I called my buddy um, in Florida and a couple of other people. And, you know, not everybody's down. But a lot of people are down. And, man, it's tragic. If you go to downdetector.com on the Internet, you can kind of get a graph and a showing. They report whenever there's, you know, sometimes uh, even when systems are up, somebody reports it to be down but it's really maybe their own systems or it's a tiny uh, outage uh, in, a, in a little geographical area or whatever else. Uh, but when they rise above normalcy for given times of day or given uh, services, in other words, they watch for the peaks. And when they see these peaks, something's up is what you call it, even though it's down. <laughs> so it's up in terms of reported outages, but it's down in terms of services. Uh, and man, there's a lot of services that are struggling. Uh, you go look at down, downdetector.com, and, and you'll see it's it's not only the cell phone networks, although that seems to be the heart of it. It's really all kinds of other services, too. I mean, Gmail's on there, but my Gmail works. Uh, but a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of services are on there. Uh, and so it's a massive Internet outage. It started at about 3.32 this morning. It peaked around 5 or 6, kind of range, 7. It all depends on what time zones you're in and such. But uh, then it goes on. It's still continuing how bad it's going to be, how long it's going to last, all that kind of stuff. We don't have an ETA, and we don't really have a scope of the reason for the outage yet either. So I thought I'd tell you that, man. You have foreigner um, leaders uh, sick with Parkinson's, and then you have the Internet, or I should say nationwide cell phone service outage, plus other services outage. It's like, man, what a horrible start to a day, huh? Hope the day gets better <laughs> from, from here is all I can say about it. So anyway, there you have that, two uh, live reported issues that I wanted to make sure you were aware of. The Supreme Court, as you know, struck down Biden's plan to cancel billions of dollars of student loan debt. But now, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, criminal Joe has violated the Supreme Court, ignored the Supreme Court, thumbed his nose at the Supreme Court, 
and has literally played games with this. He was told, no, you can't cancel their debt. You don't have authority, but he doesn't care. He's doing it anyway. So the latest one in my headline says, Criminal Joe defies court. He unconstitutionally canceled $1.2 billion of student loan debt. Um, let's see how this works. Um, bringing the total amount now that he has, quote, wiped out without authority during his time in office to $138 billion, $138.3 billion in debt to 9 million borrowers. Now, folks, I don't know how to really respond to this, but when you go and try to put a plan together as the president and the Supreme Court says, no, you can't do it, and then you find ways to manipulate the law, and now we find out that, hey, man, this is massive, right? Uh, Criminal Joe defies court bit by bit is the way you say it because it's basically a little piece here, a little bit of that where he unconstitutionally canceled. Now it's... 1.2 1.2 billion in student loan debt to 9 million borrowers. That's, you know, you can say that's not that much, 138 billion total. He wanted more like 400 plus billion. He hasn't got it yet, but he's been chipping away at it piece by piece. And here's my question for the members of Congress, specifically the House, because they're the ones constitutionally that control the purse strings, right? Where is Mike Johnson? He seemed to be absolutely missing in action. Where are the other leaders of the House, all 435 of them? Uh, They should be absolutely livid at Joe for defying the Supreme Court and stealing the power of the House, the authority of the House. It's a criminal act, and Joe Biden needs to be impeached and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Where do you think you have the right to cancel $138 billion of debt without authority okay the fact that congress is doing the fact that the house is doing nothing about this is absolute criminal and i'm starting to have the attitude you know tell me if i'm going too far i'm starting to have the attitude that if they don't do anything about it they become complicit or part of the crime you agree or disagree this is the one and only liberty roundtable live i am sam bushman back in a flash on your favorite talk station. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the line of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. 
the lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Gentlemen, the broadcast on fire today. Uh, I'm telling you right now, so many things happening in the news, and we're live right at the center of it all. Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you much, Sam. Glad to be here. Before things get too fast and furious, let's get an update on gold. Where's gold sitting, sir? Uh, gold sitting at 2,029.80. Let's see. How do I do that? 2,000, even, 29, or 2,029, right? Yes, yes. Sorry. 2029, so 20, or 2000. 29. 29 dot what? 80 cents. 80, 80 cents. 80 cents. Wow. It's weird to me when they have those 2000 things. It's hard to kind of keep track of 2029 <laughs> or 2029. It's not, you know. Uh, anyway, there you have that. So just above two grand per ounce of gold. Silver? $23. All right, that hasn't changed much. It was twenty three ten last week or whatever. So there you have that update. Uh, what do you think? It's surprising to me when inflation persists uh, and gold and silver just doesn't hardly change much. I mean, it it bump, bumps up slightly. Uh, the stock market kind of tanked Wednesday, but then it kind of came up right at the end. I believe it's the uh, plunge protection team that kind of made that happen. But you look at this, Brian. It's like man, it's just out of. Everything else is affected but gold? How does that happen? Well, they, you know, you, you figure your, your manipulation on the paper market is, is what's driving this. And so they kind of play the game. Plus, they've changed the rules just like they've done in so many other things. Um, you know, your workforce uh, numbers and all the other things. They just, they just change it and throw a little blurb in there and, oh, this is what we did. This is what happens. But we've, you know, if you look at the history of, of, of metal and so on, and where our country sits and reflective of what happened in the past. So if there was war, if there was talk of war, if there was, you know, major this or major that or disasters or so on, these metals could really take off and be at a, you know, well, let's say $50 is where silver was. So now we're 10 times worse in our country compared to that and and news driving that at, at the 50 so what what's why is it holding down well it's basically manipulated we know that and so that those paper traders are playing the major games so i tried to get people not to worry too much about this because eventually it's going to hit the fan and uh, someone's going to pay the piper and we ought to be prepared a little bit to protect our paper assets because we're going to you know if they devalue we're, our, our dollar which they've done in every country 
look out. What I find fascinating about this is right now it seems to be good news because there's all kinds of turmoil in the markets. Inflation's up. Everything's up. But right now, gold and silver hasn't changed too much. You can say, well, Sam, it's two grand. It's close to its high. Uh, I understand that. But this, quote, high that we're talking about really is the ground floor right now. And I don't see it changing anytime soon is the point, Brian. Yeah, you're a good, good point there. Ground floor and, and silver is a great opportunity right now because it's, it, you know, it's under where it's been. And potential is, is uh, quite strong coming up in this next year and, and, and especially with all these things going on. So is it a hundred to one right now or not quite? Not quite no, right? I don't think we're quite there. Yeah. We're maybe, I, I didn't look at that today, but it's 89, maybe 90 something to one. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's significant because really in the beginning days when honest currency or honest money was there, it was more like what? 15 to 20 to one. Yeah. It was 16 to one. And then they, they changed it and ended up at 32 to one. And, and then it, then it kind of got there and we, then we got over a hundred to one as we, you know, um, at time at this, you know, kind of watching it now. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a crazy yo-yo, is what it is. Yeah, but it's, in my mind, it's the time to buy silver. People is what I'm getting at because you got the ground floor for gold sitting there. You've got a high ratio between gold and silver, which means silver's way behind, uh, and it's a real opportunity. Uh, and especially as the numbers go up, that nickel that you thought was maybe not worth too much pretty soon becomes worth quite a bit or a dime or a quarter or a half dollar or even a silver eagle, silver dollar, whatever. Pretty soon those are going to be worth a chunk of change. Right now is the time to get in. I know people are kind of wanting to wait and see if it dips more and stuff like that. But I think I think more and more and more those days are over. Silver hasn't been really um, under 15 or 16 $17 for who knows how long, but a long time, right? Right. That's exactly right. When I started so, investing yeah, in silver as a kid. Um, I remember back in the six, late 60s, early 70s, I was teeny, like four or five years old, and my uncles would give me coins and things. Uh, and I remember that, man, I got a bunch of silver for 3 and $4 an ounce. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And so the, the opportunity right now is, is, is good buying opportunity right now. And so – and and they're projecting that we're, we're going to see a lot higher. They're right. There's there's great global silver demand, you know, uh, on a global network. Uh, pushing, we'll be pushing it as well. And there's, I mean, realistically, we physical silver. What's really out there? I mean, that's the thing. We don't get, you know, it's like gold where we can, we can reclaim gold. We can melt it and kind of do more things. Silver, you lose a lot of applications in medical and other things where you don't get it back. So, so yeah, there's there's definitely potential, and it's a Great hedge. <clears throat> Protect that paper. All right. This is kind of an interesting little twist. Uh, I wonder what it's going to look like running up to the election. Do you think we're going to see any kind of crazy things happening financially before the elections? Uh, you know, stocks in October usually or whatever is kind of a scary month. And uh, the elections are coming up. And it uh, seems like things are wild and woolly where the uh, Federal Reserve is kind of tiptoeing about saying, well, we need to decrease interest rates, but we're kind of chicken to do it because we don't want it to backfire. And uh, are all these things going to come to a head, or do you think it's going to be kind of relatively smooth sailing between now and the election? No, I think I think you're going to see some things. I, I you know, that's my thoughts. Uh, well, I, I mean, and and if, if they're going to try to get control of of uh, you know the vote, let's say, I mean, it's in their best interest to throw. In, oh, hey, maybe we can we can get rid of uh, student debt. Come and vote for us. We'll get rid of your student debt. Or I mean, I don't know what their package is going to have in it, but that's that's the key is is how can we get these voters to vote for us? Well, we'll give you more money. We'll give you instead of you know 
helping our country. It's really hurting and such a divide there. But that's I, I would imagine they'll they'll kind of play some kind of game. Wow, there you have it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's kind of critical. Now, Joe Biden, as I mentioned right before the break, Brian, <clears throat> Joe Biden, literally after the Supreme Court struck down his plan to cancel billions of dollars of student loans, he's done it bit by bit, piece by piece. The latest announcement, $1.2 billion, um, and the total that he's done is $138 billion. So over his whole, I don't know what you want to call it, in-office stint as president, $138 billion for 3.9 million borrowers is the total amount. But the latest one is $1.2 billion. And I look at this and I go, piece by piece, the court told you no. But it's the House of Representatives' responsibility constitutionally uh, to deal with funding, currency, money, the purse strings. Um. Where is the House of Representatives to call a halt to his con game and call him a criminal? He doesn't have authority to steal that from the House. The court told him no. The House has that authority. Now you violated the other two branches of government, and it seems like the House is just missing in action. Brian, what is going on? <laughs> well put, Sam. Uh, uh, it's, I find it very interesting how uh, we're, we have some kind of order in this country, but there's such chaos. And those that are supposed to be holding uh, higher positions, uh, and yet they don't, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't do their job. And that's that's what I, you know, that's. <laughs> so I don't I don't know I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't they know were... where we where we go with something like this though. What do you do when you just see blatant criminal activity? Look, a hundred and thirty-eight billion dollars that there's been no bill. There's been no authority. There's been no proper, you know, the House puts together a funding bill, send it to the Senate, the House and Senate vote on it. You're missing 535 people's potential to vote in the closest, you know, uh, branch of government to the people. That's all been eclipsed by Joe. The guy can hardly talk. And you go, who's really doing all this? How is this happening? And nothing's being done to stop it. I don't. I don't see anything in the news really where anybody's really. I mean, there's a few people going, "Oh, that's not good." Oh, Joe, how dare you? But nobody's like saying this is criminal, like I am. But I submit to you, when I claim it's criminal, am I going too far? I don't. Think no, so. I don't think you're. I don't think you're going too far. And I, I'd just like to see the other people of uh, our government to, to uh, you know, be responsible for where they're at in their positions. We elected them to do their job, and yet it seems like they're not doing their job. They don't care. They just kind of push it under the rug. They. He does what, and then you know, our, our president does what he wants to do, uh, even when they say you're not going to do that. He does it anyway. I mean, I I find it very chaotic back there, and I think that's why we're the laughing stock of of the world right now because because they look at us like well, they can't even run their own government. They can't. And who's? I mean, anyway, it's 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 such a mess, and I, I just wish there'd be more accountability for for everybody back there. And it doesn't seem like there really is. It seems to be a more of a good old boys club. Well, the next headline says this. The Biden administration makes $115 million available for low-income senior housing. Now, where does it get 115 mil for that? <laughs> well, just like I said, that's where the, the voting comes in. Hey, we've, we've got an extra 100. Maybe it's, it's the fines that they charge these uh, – 
big banks to when they manipulate the markets. I mean, they're you know, JP's find 500 million, Scotia Bank was 780 million, Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo's 500 million. So maybe that's it. It's the kickback from illegal trading. I just don't see uh, where he gets this money, though. I mean, where does he get authority <laughs> to just write right. these checks or do these things? It doesn't make any sense to me. I get it. <laughs> and I call it out and say, what's happening? And everybody's like, duh, I don't know. What you know? And, and I don't mean to mock everybody. Nobody knows um, how we should handle this. Because if Congress doesn't take action, that's their duty to keep the president in check. The courts did and said no. But where's the accountability, huh? Hang tight. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Ryan Daniels. Following the more than $350 million court verdict in Donald Trump's New York civil fraud trial, Empire State Attorney General Letitia James says she plans to make sure the former president pays what he owes. USA's John Schaefer explains. New York Attorney General Letitia James has announced her plans to request that a judge confiscate Donald Trump's assets unless he pays the fine imposed on him from his civil fraud lawsuit. The ex-president was mandated to pay for his involvement in inflating his net worth to gain tax and insurance advantages. Former President Trump is disclosing a roster of possible vice presidential candidates during a Fox News town hall in South Carolina. This week he acknowledged considering South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem for their vice presidency. Trump praised all the candidates as, quote, solid options, though he did not specify a timeline for announcing his choice. A little girl missing for roughly a week found dead in a river in suburban Houston. A family friend now accused in her death. Police say 11-year-old Audrey Cunningham turned up dead Tuesday. And I express with my deepest sympathies and condolences to everyone who knew, who cared for, and loved Audrey. Polk County Sheriff Byron Lyons, Don McDougal, is the man arrested and charged with Audrey's death. McDougal will reportedly be charged with capital murder. President Biden's brother, James Biden, says that his brother was never involved in any of his financial dealings. James Biden went in for a closed-door interview with U.S. lawmakers Wednesday as part of the GOP-led impeachment inquiry of President Biden in the U.S. House. At the same time, the credibility of the impeachment inquiry is being called into question since the arrest of an ex-FBI informant who allegedly made up bribery allegations against the president. This is USA News. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store? But then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent. It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. The six-piece towels that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors and right now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code USA. 
Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Rust, RustQuentinGift.com, and Sam Bushman on your radio. We'd like to welcome Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union, to be with us. NTU is the voice of the American taxpayer, mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief and tax reform to learn more and to become part of what they're doing. NTU, that's the National Taxpayers, NTU.org. Welcome, Pete. Great to be here. You're gearing up for CPAC tomorrow, aren't you? Or later today? Yes, indeed. In fact, I'll be going over there later today, visiting with taxpayer activists from across the country, learning about the latest initiatives at the state and local level where people are making change in their own communities on behalf of taxpayers. Also, I'll be talking with some members of Congress and others who will be giving speeches at CPAC. We really need to stay on track for the taxpayers' agenda. Unfortunately, that gets uh, short shrift sometimes when conservatives meet, but it really often is about the money, our money, how it gets spent, how it gets raised, and there are plenty of issues surrounding those two questions. All right. Speaking of that, I've got some statements here that some may say, Sam, you're going too far, but I don't think so. Uh, And so here's the headline. The Supreme Court struck down Joe Biden's plan to cancel billions of dollars of student loan debt. 
The problem is Joe is unconstitutionally defying the court. And he unconstitutionally just canceled $1.2 billion. Well, the total during his stint in office is he has literally forgave, or whatever you want to say it, $138 billion in student loan debt to 3.9 million borrowers against the court. Now, if Joe defies the court on that, I believe it's criminal. He has no authority to do that. The court said no, he's doing it anyway. Furthermore, the House of Representatives controls the purse strings. They should be saying, Joe, you don't have the money for this. How does Joe write checks for this? How does this happen? Is it just slush money? Is it What's going on, and, and how come Mike Johnson and crew are derelict in their duty? I don't even see any real pushback. They might be like, oh, Joe, shame on you. But And they act like this is a drop in a bucket, but $138 billion for the president just to you know unilaterally do what he wants? How come Congress isn't challenging this? Why isn't he impeached over this? I'm simply saying it's criminal Joe now. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are debatable if they're criminal or debatable about what he's done, and we're waiting on the facts and all that kind of stuff. But this is in your face, thumb your nose at the court and the constitutional responsibility given to the House of Representatives, Pete. We've built a bridge too far now, my friend. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And the fact is we could argue over details such as, well, this isn't necessarily a revenue-raising action, doesn't have to originate in the House. But let's never forget that borrowing debt taken on by the United States government is simply deferred taxes. It means that somewhere down the line, someone is going to have to pay off these debts, unless we want to repudiate it all and condemn ourselves to third-world status as a country. And I don't think we no, want to do that. No authority. There's no authority in the president's you know, list of responsibilities in the Constitution, enumerated powers. There's no authority for him to forgive debts, is there? No, there, there certainly isn't. There's an authority to pay the debts, and there's an authority to manage the Treasury's assets. But no, uh, the, the, the administration can't simply say, well, this class of borrowers... Uh, they're forgiven for everything they've done. I mean, that's on behalf of the American taxpayer. Uh, it's not even the administration's decision to make. And, and that's why I don't like to draw you into controversial topics usually because it derails us from the mission of, of accountability on taxes and lowering taxes, and it's not a partisan discussion. So I avoid the, the, the controversies a lot of times with you, Pete, on purpose because I think it's the right thing to do. In this case, I don't see how you avoid this, though. At some point, we are obligated to call a halt to the con game at some point. Now, here's the next headline to make the point even worse. The Biden administration makes $115 million available for low-income senior housing. Now, how does he get that done without any light? The 535 people have been completely cut out of this. The Supreme Court said no, and he's still doing it. And there's nobody, in my opinion, speaking out boldly, clearly to say this is criminal. Pete, right. I don't understand it. $115 million to senior housing? Well, I'm about to qualify, so maybe I could benefit. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't want it. I'm just making a point, <laughs> right? What's happening here? Yeah, it's wildly out of control and... Frankly, you can trace the origins of this problem all the way back to the 1970s when presidents began asserting their powers over Congress in matters where they should not intrude. The Constitution tells them not to intrude. The founders of this country 
set up the enumerated powers of the Constitution for a reason, to limit the authority of the entire federal government and to define the authority among the branches of government. We are getting so far away from that constitutional balance, that elegant balance that has actually protected taxpayers year after year, and we're suffering for it. Brian Rust, RustCreditGift.com is with me. He's a honest money expert. Brian, what do you say to this? Well, I find it uh, ridiculous. It seems like Pete's uh, got the answers there, no doubt about it. And, and you, we find that, you know, when I when the presidents are start, you know, when they start throwing their powers out there, it seems like we're more of a dictatorship than, than what we, you know, they're going to decide. And that's kind of what Joe Biden's doing here, I believe. You know, it's like he he's the guy. And this is what I'm going to do, and I don't care what you say. And, and, and see, that's sad. You know, we have the rules here and in place to protect us, and, and yeah, it's just run amok. Yeah, now, and, you know, I, th- th- there a, is – Go ahead, Pete. There, there is a straight line you know, across history from the death of the gold standard to the emergence of deficits and debt in this country. I mean, borrowing could always be – if not completely under control, then moderated by the fact that governments could not inflate their way out of their fiscal problems. With that gone, <laughs> taxpayer protection has suffered dramatically. I just wanted to add that. I appreciate yeah. that. And so it's one thing for me to say, hey, Joe's acting as a criminal. I think it's, it's clear as if he's violating the Constitution. He's violating the Supreme Court. Clearly, he tried to do something, maybe genuinely attempting to, to make a difference. But then the court said no, and you do it anyway. You're thumbing your nose at the court now. That's number one. But number two, I'm submitting to you, and here's where it may be going too far. I submit to you that all 535 members of Congress that are not speaking out against this or saying, no, Joe, you're not going to do this or moving to impeach him over this or however far you want to go, um, their dereliction of duty on this, their silence on this makes them complicit makes them part of the crime if you will pete is that too far part of a crime well obviously that would have to be argued in court but abdicating your responsibility well yeah this is a problem and i mean at what point if i'm elected to control the purse strings and i literally let the opposite branch of government do it in defiance of a third branch and i just sit there and do nothing at what point do i become part of the problem yes and if you are the most died in the world, left-wing, liberal, socialist, whatever you want to call yourself, if you are in Congress right now and you're looking at this saying, well, this is a policy I agree with, so the end justifies the means, I guarantee there will be a policy you won't like and you won't believe that the end justifies the means. You've got to focus on those means, which is the separation of powers. Sooner or later, the executive branch will do something you don't like. But don't you swear an oath that you will stand up and jealously guard your branch's delegated responsibilities? Where's Mike Johnson on this thing? Yes, well, right. I mean, it is an important question to ask of the speaker. My guess is he would say, yes, we have that responsibility. Is it? something that Congress is going to take responsibility for in the very near term? I don't know. I, I, I still believe that members of Congress have standing to go into court again 
and say, look, we're asserting our power here because of the separation that is set up in the Constitution. Shouldn't they just say, don't do it or we'll impeach you? Don't do it or we'll impeach you. You don't have authority. If you violate your authority, we're going to impeach you. Well, and it it would be hard to argue, uh, as others have in various cases over you know, Mayorkas not doing his job on the border. I mean, this is a fundamental responsibility, a legal responsibility, a very clearly spelled out uh, power in the Constitution that the executive branch is saying, oh, we, we're going to ignore it. And it's hard to imagine something greater as a dereliction of duty. All right, go ahead and skip the break. But if you give uh, students $138 billion in forgiveness, now you make $115 million available for low-income housing for seniors, and this doesn't get stopped. What does the world look like next, Pete? Well, the world looks like one that no longer respects the value of real money. It looks like one where any level of debt it can go, anything. I mean, we're, we're currently at $34 trillion. Projections under what's called a current budget baseline would say that that debt will double in the space of 25, perhaps 30 years. It could go triple, quadruple, 10 times higher. And because if we have absolutely no respect for separation of powers, for the fact that you cannot keep spending out of an empty pocket, Well, anything goes, and then, unfortunately, everything will fall. Brian, that doesn't sound good to me, buddy. (laughs) Well, it doesn't. And, you know, know, at my age, I I worry about my kids and grandkids because there's this heavy load that's being shifted, and and there's no responsibility at at our leadership of controlling this heavy load of, of debt. And so that where does that debt end up? And I, I, that's that's my biggest worry, you know, is is you know, are we prepared for this debt, or someone's going to pay the piper and uh, <laughs> deferred taxes, as Pete said? Yeah, where does this end up? Yeah, well, and, line, and you know, go ahead, Pete. And and the piper's tune is getting closer and closer. I mean, I used to talk about the impact of federal borrowing on people who had not been born yet, future generations, it's affecting our generation now. Interest payments are skyrocketing on the debt we already owe. That's because interest rates are going up. And you you wonder, is this going to be the vicious circle that we had always warned about? You borrow more, it gets costlier to borrow, so you have to borrow more. (laughs) And sooner or later, it all comes crashing down. I don't know if this is going to happen to a future generation. It might actually happen to ours. Ryan? Yeah. No, that's that's the worry. I, I, yeah, it's really, it's really. Uh, I, I'm just dis- disturbed with the fact of how how our government's just really not working together, and and, uh, and their accountability for things that they're trying. You know that Biden's pushing here. I mean, and maybe that's it, Sam. As we talked earlier, you know the votes. You know he's looking for these votes. Possibly is running in in this next group. Well, is that we're going to forgive the the student debt 
and we're going to give you money because we have an extra $115 million we just found for you seniors. So please vote for us so that we can get this done. Is that is that kind of what's happening here? Pete? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what's happening. And uh, I think it was a Scottish historian, Alexander Teichler, I believe I, I, I'm pronouncing that correctly, and I'm paraphrasing that uh, our systems of government, representative government, uh, can only survive uh, until people realize they can vote themselves money out of the Treasury. And uh, I apologize for his, to historians out there who know the exact quote, but that was the gist of it. That, yeah, the word um, largesque was in that quote, right, Pete? I believe so, yes. They would vote yes. themselves largesque from the Treasury, I think is how it... Yes, yes, and and that's that's what's happening here. Uh, they're basically saying, vote for us and you get the largesse. Yeah. Well, if you're a low-income family, if you know, or so on, and you're struggling as it is, yeah, aren't your your hands out because hey, I don't, I can't do this. I can't take on three jobs, and 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 if I'm paying more taxes on my wages because of three jobs, I'm really not making any more. I'm just working harder, and yeah, so their hands out. Well, maybe I need to continue to vote and kick this can down so I have have I can survive. Maybe I I don't know. It's just, well, it's, yeah, I want to mix this in because under the Biden administration. They've allowed 7.2 million illegals to enter the country under the Biden administration. That's an amount greater than the populations of 36 of the states. Pete, this isn't going to be a, a, a free ride either. Someone's going to pay that bill, right? Yeah, and there are fiscal consequences really on both sides of the ledger. Uh, there are many who say, well... Uh, even though they might not be here uh, legally, they might be somehow contributing to the Social Security system, pushing off that day of reckoning. But then on the other hand, local governments are having to contend with a lot of upfront costs to try and provide housing and schools and all. And, yeah, there are fiscal problems associated. And, you know, don't we have uh, some of our uh, – um states or cities amongst us are bankrupt already yeah yeah they made pension promises that they can't keep i mean if we want to see where social security for example is headed at the federal level you look at states and the cities they're in in california that essentially told uh, local government employees hey you can retire at age 50 on uh, 80% of your salary, no worries, we'll back that uh, by the taxpayers of this city and the state of California. And those kinds of promises have squeezed out virtually every other item that local governments can do, like pave roads or provide police. Uh, that's why you've seen a couple of municipal bankruptcies happen in California over the past uh, several years I think a new wave of bankruptcies is coming. Yeah, boy, I think Head, you're right there. Headline says this to make his point, Brian. California faces $68 billion deficit amid steep revenue <laughs> decline. <laughs> that ain't going to go well, Brian. Well, no, it's not going to go well. And, and if you can't afford to, you know, you know, add a, a stronger police force or so on or have no police force, well, these these 
these big these businesses can't survive, so they're they're moving. They're not going to stay there. They're going to leave. So that that tax base isn't going to help uh, them leaving. So I, yeah, <laughs> there's some major problems, no doubt about and it. The New York Times writes another article called "The California Budget Crisis." I mean, is, is it going to stop, Pete? No, I'm afraid not, because not only is California overspending and overpromising with its benefit programs, it's also been heavily dependent on wealthier taxpayers. That's why they have such huge rates of tax on the upper end of the scale, and they depend a lot on capital gains tax uh, revenue from investments. Well, the problem is wealthier taxpayers are also among the most mobile taxpayers. You know, if if you're in the working class, you have a job that you think is decent, uh, you probably don't necessarily have the freedom to just pick up, go to another state and set up shop elsewhere. Uh, you, you might be able to, but wealthy people definitely can. Uh, you can do your business almost anywhere in the world if you have sufficient wealth, and they often do. They're leaving California. They are leaving New York, not only for lower tax states like Florida and Texas and Utah, but entire low tax countries like Ireland. It's insane. So listen to this statistic because they're saying, why is this happening in California? In 1971, there were 9.1 state workers for every 1,000 residents, okay? Today, there's 11 state workers for every 1,000. So the bottom line is it's just all those state workers, what, get the special privilege? Anyway, they say that the budget deficit's worse than anticipated. In fact, much worse, Pete. Yeah, well, we could have told them that. (laughs) Not just my organization, but a lot of others who are tracking the pension systems, who are tracking the growth of government employment per thousand in population, who are tracking how the tax system is increasingly dependent on a few wealthy taxpayers. All of those things are finally coming home to roost for California, and the chickens are big and they're angry. All right, last, <laughs> last last headline, Brian, for this, and I want to get yours and Pete's take both on this. I don't like, again, I like to avoid the controversy. I just don't see how you can with some of these headlines here. New York Attorney General Letitia James says she may seize Trump buildings and assets if he can't pay the $355 million penalty. Uh, she says, I look at, quote, 40 Wall Street every day. And you know what? We might just have to take that sucker from the Donald. Well, even think tank people and everybody else are going, you know what? If this is the president that we're going to have in New York, we as business owners, we're all leaving. This does not bode well, Pete. Well, and I'm afraid New York has already dug itself into this hole with their tax collectors. They are known to be some of the most overzealous in the entire country among states. Uh, Maybe California's franchise tax board would equal what the New York folks do. And in fact, New York's tax authorities are often known for following people who leave New York for places like Florida because they've said, I've had enough. I want to live in a lower tax state. And 
the New York tax authorities will pursue them down to Florida and say, well, prove you're a Florida resident and that you're not actually coming back to New York. Let's see what you have in your refrigerator in Florida. Let's see where you go take your dog to the veterinarian or where you get your hair done. If you come back to New York to do any of those things, you're a New York resident and we're going to keep taxing you. That's how far that was going even before the verdict against Trump. Brian, he uh, has to pay this fine before he can even appeal, which means he doesn't even have due process. He's not even really convicted yet if he still has a chance for appeal. They're violating due process in this thing to where all these business owners are saying, man, we are out. Yeah, it's, I, I look at it as such a double standard, and, and, and re, reality says that it's chaotic now because they don't want to see him on the ballot, and so they're going to make life very tough for him. And uh, that's that's kind of what what's happening. But I, you know, <laughs> I, you know, as Pete said, I, he, I like that chickens are big, and they're angry. They're even following them down the floor. <laughs> that's that. right. But Pete, without the controversy in this, what do you think, though? I mean, if they do this before, he, I mean, if he has to basically pay this before he can even appeal, he doesn't have real due process, does he? No, and uh, of course. I'll again say, this is what happens to taxpayers when they want to challenge a tax bill with the IRS. They they pretty much have to pay the bill, suffer the injury, and then take the IRS to court. Uh, only in a very limited number of circumstances can you win something like an injunction against the IRS without having to pay the tax and a lot of penalties first. It's, wow. it's a terrible situation. And now the IRS is reporting much smaller tax refunds for everybody this year. That isn't going to go well in the inflationary-based situation we find ourselves either. Last point, Pete. Yeah, certainly not. It's unfortunate. I've always told folks, never, ever plan your taxes to get a big refund. You're just giving the government an interest-free loan. And given the fact that the government likes to give away money, uh, I'm not sure they'll necessarily be good for that refund in the years to come. So keep your withholding well-adjusted. Keep the money in your pocket. Final amen. comment to you, Brian. Well, amen. Good good, uh, good to hear Pete here because he's very knowledgeable in this. And, and, uh, and we'll say our prayers. I don't want big chickens shaking Indeed. me. You better say your prayers. <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> folks, I hope that I get a refund. Uh, at least I can get that. I don't really want handouts, but it would be nice not to leave my money on the table. That's for sure. Thank you so much, Pete Sepp. Keep us posted. Let us know what happens at CPAC, will you? Always a pleasure. Yes, indeed. God bless you, sir. National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. Brian Rust, you've got a friend in the honest money business. RustQuinnandGift.com. Thank you, Brian. Hey, thanks, Sam. Have a great day. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. Another incredible guest in seconds. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. God save the republic.